behind the scenes with an overcomer. Today, we're talking to Tracy Rollins in this midweek motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Gabe Kolstad. This is Tracy Rollins. And we're going to be talking about the series that we've recently started uh, called Finding Freedom. And Tracy has found freedom. I want to explore her story with you. So let's get ready to dive into her life and what we can learn from her when it comes to finding our own freedom. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Good. All right. Well, hey, I want to just kind of dive right in and find out a little bit more about your life. Uh, You know, I've known Tracy for, gosh, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And, uh, you know, Tracy... You are a uh, leader in our community, in our local community, especially. And I mean, there's all sorts of people that look up to you as a, uh, an influence and inspiration. You know, the people who know parts of your story uh, and your, your, even your son's miraculous story know you as an overcomer. And I think that's why you bring so much hope to people. But, you know, we're talking with an audience and even myself and our church who, um, there's things we're trying to figure out. You know, we've maybe we feel stuck in, in some way and we haven't found our freedom. Um, what is What do you think? So I want to ask you a question that we'll, we'll bounce back to a little bit later. But when you were younger, what was one of your ambitions for life? I wanted to be a police officer. You wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so, uh, so what was... What was it about being a police officer that made you go, I want to do that? Um, sense of right and wrong. Okay. Because I didn't like have justice. a lot of that. Justice. Okay. Yeah. You didn't, I didn't have, have a lot, a lot of, that. of that. Okay. Tell me more about that. You didn't have a lot of right, the, the justice. Um, well, I was raised by a Navy SEAL. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And um, a mom, they both had addiction. Okay. Alcohol issues. Um, so sometimes we're kind of, left to our own devices. Um, and they tried the best they could, but there was a, it was the seventies. <laughs> so things were very differently than a lot of things. Um, were just, everybody did bad things. Um, yeah. uh, I feel like a lot of things that happened to me, like horrible things that happened to me, there was nobody there to tell me that that was wrong. And so I think I decided later that I wanted to be the person to make people stop doing bad things. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so your motivation came out of a sense of responding to something that has, yes. that you were having to struggle with yes. to keep other people from having to struggle with it. Yes. Sounds like. And then having a little sister trying to protect. And Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your family life was like? Uh, I grew up here. Okay, here in the Portland, Oregon area. In Portland, area. Oregon. Okay. Yeah, not far from here. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, where the Nike campus is. I lived right by there. Okay, in the Beaverton area. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. If you're not familiar with the Portland, Oregon area, Nike World Headquarters right here in our yeah. backyard. So that was where you grew up, right around there. Yep. Okay. And um, and what was like, so you had a mom and a dad at home? Yes. Okay. Older brother. Older brother. Yeah. And a younger sister? And a younger sister. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like there was a fair amount of struggle in your, yes, in your childhood. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you tell us any, any details? Oh, uh, well, my dad was gone a lot. Okay. Um, obviously he was all over the world. Um, he chose to keep us here cause he didn't want us to, he wanted us to have more roots, but, mm-hmm. um, 
my mom wasn't doing so hot. Okay. <laughs> um, she was struggling with alcohol abuse. And so there was a lot of times so it's just kind of me and my sister. My brother left real early. Okay. He left when I was um, five, I think. He got in some trouble and he had to leave the state. And so it was just kind of, I just kind of remember us growing up in kind of chaos, never knowing when my dad was going to be there, when he's not going to be there, if my mom was going to be sober. Um, things like that. Yeah. Um, I can, I can pinpoint it now, but then it was just kind of, we didn't live like other people and we knew okay. that. Okay. And you knew it. And sometimes that's a hard thing for kids is they don't know it, right? They don't recognize that their, their upbringing is different, but you, you had a sense that it was different and, and in, in a way that it wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about like moving into your adolescence and maybe young adulthood how did some of that stuff impact your life and, and what sort of struggles did that bring up for you? Well, I was trying to do the right thing. My parents um, had us going to church. They didn't go, but they okay. wanted us to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember being saved. Um, I don't think it meant a lot. Okay. I don't think I really understood who God was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of versions. I had a Mormon version. I had a Catholic version. I had... Um, fire and brimstone Southern. My dad was Southern. So um, fire and brimstone. Um, and I didn't know which version of him was real. Oh, wow. And I think I decided that none of them were yeah. <laughs> so, that he was just some big guy. Um, but I, I accepted Christ cause I was supposed to. Okay. But I don't think I ever felt it. Yeah. Um, and then it, that led me, I got into a whole bunch of horrible things and drugs and, um, doing bad things to get my drugs okay. and um, just being a horrible human being pretty much to where I couldn't even stand me. <laughs> like <laughs> I was a really horrible human being. Um, and it was from there that I heard God. I was getting ready to uh, inject heroin and a voice told me, <laughs> um, he said, if you do that, you'll die. Wow. And I'm thinking, I'm so messed up on some other drugs and I'm like looking around, there's nobody talking, you know, and it happened again. And then a third time, it's like, if you do this, you will die. And I'm just, I think I'm crazy. Hmm. So I gave the needle to somebody else who ended up injecting it and getting really sick. So in hindsight, it would have killed me. Wow. And that's when I knew there was something out there, Hmm. but I had to see him to believe him, not believe him to see him. So. I think most of us are that way. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, what, can you, do you remember how old you were when that happened? 17, maybe. Okay. Okay, so you'd lived a hard life by the time you were 17. Wow. Yeah. We lived kind of two lives. I mean, we went to church and we looked all cutesy. And then the home life was different. The friends we hung out with different. We were like, I was like two different people at the same time. Yeah. Okay. And I lived like that for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Well, for those of you who are listening in, we're, we're in a series called Finding Freedom. Last Sunday, we talked about hope and the madness. And as you just shared that moment with us, uh, I just pictured that phrase, hope and the madness. Like he, he does, he, God shows up in those times. If you're open to it, mm-hmm. he shows up in those times to rescue us, doesn't he? Yeah, literally. Amazing. <laughs> literally. <laughs> That's awesome. So was that a turning point for you or, or was there more to come? Um, it, I, it took me a little while to get clean. Um, and I finally did. Okay. Then I was kind of exploring 
I was in the secular recovery program and um, that was okay. Mm-hmm. I am getting married young, um, more leaning to the Mormon faith. And it just, I wasn't ready to be, I didn't know what I was doing. So, and I obviously didn't have any role models to teach me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, in hindsight, I was actually kind of abusive. Okay. Um, and I'm just recently come to terms with that, that I had really huge anger problems, trust issues, um, a lot of stuff. I didn't know how to have a functional relationship. So that didn't end well. Um, and then it was kind of, I didn't go back to drugs or anything like that. Um, but I stayed in recovery, just kind of got lost again for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of started finding my way back. Okay. Um, so I've, I've spent a lot of my life wandering in and out of my faith and trying to figure things out with zero life experience or zero yeah. tools. Yeah. So. Can, okay. I want to just dive in a little bit to that statement right there. So, you know, you, it seems to me like your struggle ha- had really big moments in your childhood and even in your adolescence. And that then as an adult, you know, you've pretty much been trying to recover from those struggles and I mean, you're wearing a shirt right now that says Celebrate Recovery. Yes. <laughs> if you're not aware of what Celebrate Recovery is, it's a 12-step Christ-centered recovery yeah. program. We host uh, Celebrate Recovery ministry here at, at our church. Tracy is a big part of it. And, um, you know, it's fun to see you growing um, now. And it just, I think in one way, you're an example of what growth is. It's forever. It's, it, you're never done, never right? You're, you, you're going, I'm just now coming to terms with, you know, some of those things that I didn't realize before. Well, that's great. You know, yeah. we should never be done growing. And oh, so I'm, I'm proud of you for that. I had, I had been coming to this church for years and never been to CR. Yeah. And so Nick and Heather brought me. Okay. And then when I got there, God goes, sit down. <laughs> we got some stuff to do. And he was trying to get me to reunite my past me with my current me. Cause I had kind of forgotten a lot of, things i had denied a lot of things like being a dry addict sure sure so he was like i need you to be the whole person so that you can help other people wow so it was incredible was that hard yes okay what's hard about it um because most of the people here didn't know my real story okay um they know you know you remember being me being married to my last husband Mm -hmm. um and that was just awful (laughs) that was a really hard thing to go through um but a lot of people don't know where I really come from. And it wasn't until I went on outreach with Melissa that I told her who I really was. Really? And she was like, oh. Melissa's my wife. And yet yes. <laughs> Tracy and my wife recently went on outreach together. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that I have to tell my real story. Wow. Like I have to tell who, where I really, really come from and just how broken I was. But he needed me to recognize that. Yeah. Because he sent me on a path that day that was going to change my life again. You know, and... You know, it was even back to last March when Connor got diagnosed. God changes my life on a dime. And that's the way he works with us. Yeah. It's, it's just that fast (laughs) and everything, the trajectory changes. That's, that's amazing. And I look at that and call it breakthrough personally. Um, However, my image of breakthrough is often like I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for God to strap some rockets to my legs, you know, and send me off where I want to go. 
but it, it's, I've never experienced that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been more like what you just shared. And just to press into it, it seems like what you're experiencing is that your breakthrough is coming when you get humble enough to, to let go of your ego and what people think about you and be real. Yeah. And that that's where God is doing all this great work in and through you now. Yeah. Cause I spent, I've spent most of my life having a shell and only letting people so far in yeah, and letting them see what I want them to see. Okay. Or, um, and I do, I'm kind of rough around the edges. I'm aware of that. <laughs> um, your powerhouse. Thank you. Yeah. Um, even like teaching Taekwondo, mm-hmm. um, there are some girls, ladies, um, that kept trying to get to know me and I'm like, Nope, mm. you know, Nope. I'll be your instructor. That's it. And they just kept kind of picking at me. Mm-hmm. And then I realized they were doing this goofy stuff to get my attention. And I was <laughs> teaching them all these forms and they were doing them wrong on purpose. And somebody, my recently adopted son, Neil, he goes, they love you. Hmm. And they, it was kind of start the breaking of my shell to, to let people in, to really let people in. And it wasn't six months later when Connor was diagnosed with cancer that I knew why God was doing that because wow. he knew I was going to need these people. And oh. so he just, I can look back and see exactly where he was starting to crack the shells and making plans. And he knew what was coming and he was like, I really need you to listen. (laughs) I really need you to be ready type of a thing. Wow. Because if I saw that shell up, there's no way Connor and I would have survived this. So. Wow. Okay. Um, For those of you who are listening in and and you're you're not sure what Connor's story is, can you give us in 60 seconds, what's Connor's story? (laughs) Um, March 1st, he had a stomach ache and I, he wanted to come home. And I said, if you're coming home, you're, you know, you're coming home, you're going to the doctor. Yeah. Um, we found out he had a tumor. That tumor became cancer. Um, the cancer mutated into something worse. Um, they removed 85% of his stomach to save him. Um, OHSU was finally like, we can't cure him. He's not treatable. Uh, we went to Texas and that's where he's being treated. Um, he had a second tumor that was really going to do him in. That's the one we were worried about. And it disappeared. <laughs> Incredible. Just miraculous. Lots of people praying for sure. Yeah. So OHS, you said, um, unexplained medical phenomenon, MD Anderson in Texas said miraculous healing. So wow. we knew exactly where we <laughs> needed to be. Um, and it's, we've just had miracle after miracle. And right now he's in partial remission, which means it's still there. It's not growing. It's not moving. And he, sh- by all intents and purposes, should be gone. Wow. And it has been incredible to see his faith. Yeah. And he, he's an inspiration to me. trying to follow that. So So, uh, if I was to see a theme in your life and in your story and your journey, uh, I mean now like, okay, so today you're serving in celebrate recovery. You're, you know, you have a full-time job. You do these things as volunteer. You're working with Taekwondo teaching kids and adults, um, you know, a, a, a discipline and a, a self-esteem builder and, you know, investing, investing in kids and so many people. You just dropped another thing that I even know about your recently adopted child, Neil. Yes. What's this? Um, it's somebody I met at Taekwondo. Okay. Um, his mom abandoned him when he was five. Okay. Um, and we've just kind of, he, he's an adult. Okay. But um, 
we've just kind of developed this relationship. And then uh, the only female he had in his life is his grandma. And she died about five years ago. Okay. So he's like, I don't have anybody. And I'm like, we well, have us. Hmm. Um, so I've kind of took him on as a mom. And then last, a year ago, um, last October, we're like, why don't we adopt him? Oh, we wow. found out we could. And so Connor's one that actually asked him. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then we have uh, two more adoptions on the way. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. So you're just building this big family. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I'm just doing, and it's those girls that, yeah. that tried to get into my heart and now I'm going to make them my daughters. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So yeah. that's, that's super cool. And and again, if, if I see a theme in your life, I think it is this surrender, like let go of control, let go of ego, let go of your past and, and allow God to do the work that he, yeah. only he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I fought for years to keep control of things, to have control over something. And then I realized that the only way to keep it was to get rid of it, was to give it to God and let him, because he's so much more knowledgeable. It's, it's like that little meme you see where Jesus is trying to get a teddy bear from the little kid yeah. and he's got the bigger one behind his <laughs> yeah. back. She's like, but I love this one. Yeah. Um, that's the way he is with us. And, you know, when we're arguing with the three-year-old, because we know that if you eat that candy, you're not going to eat dinner, but the three-year-old only understands right now. Yeah. And so, but we can see farther than the three-year-old can. God can see so much farther than we can. So he's a better parent. So we have to learn to listen because he can see we do the right now. And he goes, no, 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 that's not good for you. Or I really need you to do this because you don't know what's coming. And I can see where he's done that my whole life. He's like, you have to trust me because something's coming good or bad. And I need you to be ready. Wow. So. Be ready. Okay. Uh, our, one of our themes this last weekend was get help. What advice would you give to somebody who, who's maybe further back in their journey, maybe in the middle of that mess, in the middle of that madness, in the middle of that struggle. And you can see further now. What advice would you, would you give to them? Let go. Hit your knees. Hmm. I mean, um, the, the cancer brought us to our knees. We don't, we didn't have a lot of options, but I mean, my job got taken, money was gone. I mean, he literally put us on a place where we were on our knees and we had to depend on him a hundred percent. There was nothing we could have done. There was nothing I could have done to help my son. I had to rely a hundred percent on God. So I had to hit my knees and release everything that I thought I had control of. And he took care of a hundred percent of our needs. Hmm. It's, is let go and let people help you and find out where to get that help. It's okay to ask and it's okay to be vulnerable. And all my guard's been brought down a lot and it's amazing, mm -hmm. but it's accepting help and knowing that God made us for community and keeping my guard up and keeping to myself is not was part of his plan. And, he already knew the provisions I was going to need and he knew I was going to need the people. And so he'd started, he started working on that. I just had to be willing to listen. So good. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for being real and vulnerable and sharing your life with us. And, uh, you know, we just, we, I look to you, Tracy, as an inspiration of what it looks like to overcome a struggle, um, and to, and to then go to a higher place. And, and I love that you're not saying, yay, I've made it. I'm done. You're saying, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep growing. Love oh, yeah, it. we're still still going because when um, and 
we've talked about this, but I'm kind of something I'm dealing with right now is that when we went in September to Texas, um, we found out Connor's remission and that I am not. And so that's something I am having to deal with. Um, And that is when you're actively experiencing cancer. Um, It's emphysema. Emphysema. Okay. But it's MD Anderson's going to be treating that. They consider it in the realm of lung cancer. So, and I did it to myself from smoking for too many years. Okay. Um, But that's when you find out what your faith is, because it's not just me trying to keep my son alive. Now I have to put my life in God's hands. They gave me five to 10 years and it could even be longer than that. It could be shorter. I don't know, but I have to trust him with, um, with what's going to happen. And I want to handle it with as much grace as my son did. Cause it's hard to have someone look at you and tell you you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And now I know how Connor felt mm-hmm. and I just have so much more respect for him walking that journey. And now Connor's like, now we're going to walk this one together. So I just want to make sure that I'm open to God and that whatever time I have, I want it to be useful. Mm-hmm. So, that's fantastic. And it reminds me of your early ambition to be a cop, uh, you know, and undoubtedly that was your motive then was to be useful. And it, it remains that. So, and you are. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. And I hope, that, I know you were inspired by this. I hope that uh, if this was helpful, that you'll subscribe to this channel and to this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And I also want to invite you to join us at Westside for a church service, perhaps this weekend. You can find out more online at westsidecommunitychurch.com, or you can just pop in to our physical location in the Portland, Oregon area. We would love to see you. We hope you have a great week.